Have you ever heard it said there's a reason for everything? Well, what about with God? Does he need a reason to forgive? Or is his forgiveness automatic? In the book of Matthew, Jesus outlines what we call the Lord's Prayer. His example is a blueprint on how to pray. And in that example, in lies the secret to forgiveness. What's going on, everybody? We are going to jump right into it today because we're a little crunched for time. And we just want to, uh, you know, we, we still want to be here. We want to let everybody know that we made a commitment to be here every week. So Chris and I sit down every week together. This is our third week in a row. And even though we both got a lot going on today and we're a little bit, you know, under those those time crunches, we wanted to make sure we sat down and, you know, put in the time to do another episode to keep this going every week so that every week there's something here for you when you show up to the podcast page or on the, the Worry Less, Pray More radio app um, and you're hearing new episodes from us every week. So Chris, jumping right in, is yes. there a reason for everything? I believe there is. You know, some people say that, oh, there's a reason for everything. Well, you got, st- I got stuck in traffic. I would have been here earlier. And then you'll hear somebody say, well, there's a reason for everything. You know, you could have got spared from, you know, a major motor vehicle accident or right. whatever. And it just goes on from there. You know, there's a reason for this. There's a reason for that. And you ever have those times where you like look back on something, like where you find out something happened, like, wow, there was a 20 car pile up on the freeway, you know, and, and as you were leaving, your wife asked you to take the trash out, even though you knew it had to be taken out. You were like, I'm just going to walk by that till this afternoon. But then your wife asks you, so you're like, oh, all right, I'll go back, take the stinking trash out when I could have done it this afternoon. And then you find out you somehow missed a 20 pile, a 20 car pile up on the freeway. Like, yeah, it, that stuff does happen. To I'm me. telling you, how many deer ran out? You know, oh, of an unknown road that you were going down anyway, and because you got tied up yeah. for something, you know, you get you you got in the driveway and you found out I don't have my cell phone. You run back in the house, you get your cell phone. Yeah, you know, and then bam, you know, yeah, you, you just see. narrowly miss a deer, and you're thinking, well, if I'd have been here one minute earlier, I'd have hit that deer, right? You know, or something like that. Uh, yeah, it happens every so day. There really, there really is a reason for everything. There is a reason, and and. You know, I know that you, you and I would probably agree on this. I believe it's because there is a God in heaven who's in control of everything. You know, the Bible says not a bird falls to the ground apart from the Father's will. Not a bird. So uh, if that scripture is true, which it is, you can't even go to Wawa and get a cup of coffee unless God has ordained it or approved it. That's how much in control. Yeah, I like, I like the word approved. Yeah, that God has approved it because that's where I always get a little bit weird with with scriptures and it, all right, are we predestined or does God approve it? And I like the word approved because the whole predestination thing gets my head spinning too much and I get a little I get and a little squirrely. <laughs> so and yeah, mine too. But I get the approved word from Lamentations three. Ah, oh, great! You got a, a book and a verse. Yeah, and so it says, "Who is the man that speaks? And has it come to fruition or has it come to pass? If God." has not approved it. Nice. Right? So if God doesn't approve it, it's not happening. You know, somebody can say, I'm going to steal uh, TJ's bicycle, you know, from his front lawn. And if you believe in that verse and you believe in the sovereignty of God, now God will allow things to happen right. for, well, for, a, for reason. a reason. Yeah. Right? So that's what this whole broadcast is about. Yeah. For a reason. Things happen for a reason. You know, uh, we were talking earlier about... If you want your muscles to grow, you got to give your muscle a reason to grow. You know, growth from a muscle, uh, if you do a little bit of study about it, you have to exhaust it. You have to put it under pressure. 
And uh, you basically have to, have to like break it down. Yeah, you have to break it down. You have to inflame it, really. Yeah. And then your natural body while you're sleeping starts rebuilding itself. You know, hormones get released and all these crazy things. You're like a, a, a chemical factory, you know what I mean? And then, boom, your muscles will grow. But you just don't walk through a gym and walk out and your muscle will grow, you know? No, you give your muscle a reason, and the reason is stress. You put your muscle under stress, time under tension, they call it. Yeah, right. that's so good. You know, and so then it'll grow. Same thing with your money in a bank account. You got to give your money a reason for it to grow. What would be the reason? Well, you put in good investments. You know, we know a lot of people in the investment field and some friends that we have that are financial advisors. And so you give your muscle or you give your money a reason to grow, you know, and uh, if you want your marriage to get better, well, you give it a reason to get better. You learn about it. You take steps in that direction, you know. So what, what I'm saying is I don't think it just happens. I mean, you could have a great marriage and just happen automatically. You could have... Eh, I don't think so. Yeah, you got to work at it, Yeah, right? and marriage takes so much work, man. It, it does. Because you got to think if, you just, if you're just stagnant, you're not going to have a great marriage because you got to have communication you know, like you have to talk with one another. If you're just sitting there, you're not key. just going to expect, you know, to have a great, unless that's what you want out of marriage. Right. I don't so know. So my wife tells me, you know, she's a realtor and she'll say, you know, we're, what's the saying for real estate? There's three things that matter in real estate. Location, location, location. Location, yeah, okay. And you know what she tells me about marriage? Three things that matter in marriage. Communication, communication, communication. Right. It's so true. It's still an Asian, so it works. Well, that's right. <laughs> so... With this, you know, everything happens for a reason. If you want your marriage to succeed, you got to give it a reason to succeed. What would be the reason? Well, for you and I, we try to do what God tells us to do in our marriages, which we find is probably the best advice you can get on the planet, Right, is the advice you would get from God, right, which is found in His Word and comes through prayer. So that's the reason your marriage... Well, Chris, how come you've been married to Lori for 30 years? Well, there's a reason, because my marriage wasn't always easy. The reason is I try to follow God and his blueprint for my marriage, which is the reason it's successful, you know? So God is the reason, in essence, for successful marriages, you know, because when we talk about marriage and we should do a broadcast on Strictly Marriage someday, and we mm. probably will. That would be a long broadcast. Right, we'll have to split it up. <laughs> Might have to be a, a month-long series. Right. We could call it uh, How to Keep the Honey in the Honeymoon. Oh, right? nice. Yeah. yeah. You have never thought about this before, have you? I can tell. No, it's just coming about. to you right now. <laughs> yeah. So how about God, though, is what I want to uh, turn to. Do we need to give God a reason to do anything in our lives? Do we need to give God a reason, TJ, to forgive us? Or does, it, or does forgiveness just is automatically it, happen? Right. You know? So I don't know if you've ever thought about that or folks listening to us today, is forgiveness automatic? Is anything that God does in our lives automatic? Or is there a reason, you know? And I tend to think, you know, when I search the scriptures, that God does things for a reason, you know? I would definitely agree. Right. Yeah. So, And so we just want to point that out. I mean, you know, if, if, if everything was automatic, you wouldn't even know who God was. You know? Right. Yeah. Like you ever go through those times in your life where things just are really good and then you just like, you know, like a month goes by and you're like, oh man, what happened to my relationship with God? Well, it's because like, you know, oh everything's gosh. really good. So you're not depending on him. Great so point. yeah, it's like sometimes you need those like reasons in your life to turn back to God. 
That's you know? right. It's like you, yeah. need, you know, you almost need a little bit of adversity in your life to remind you like, oh, yeah, this isn't about me. This isn't about what I can do, you know? Right. It kind of like wakes you up. Yeah. One of the up. things that Israel always did, I was reading it the other day in the book of Kings, is they always, and this is scary, and I pray it never happens to us, myself and you, but they always forgot God. And it says it in the scripture. They forgot. Which just always blows my mind because it's like God was literally leading them through the wilderness. Mm-hmm. Out of Egypt. Yeah, in a pillar of smoke. Right. Like, how could you forget God? But then I think, look at all the amazing things I've seen God do in my life. Like, we've all, are all as a Christian, like, you're not going to get away from seeing God do amazing things in, in your life, in other people's lives. Like, amazing things. It's true. Right? And then, but then you're so easily, like, when the good times roll, you forget God. It's forget just so, God. it's so easy to forget yeah. God. So it's just like, it's always a heart check on me when I read that because, I think, man, these dumb Israelites, but then, you know, I have to look at my own life and think about art all the times that I've right. forgotten we've God. Heard, we've forgotten, yeah. right, what he's done. And, you know, there's so many answers to prayer that we both have. We've shared on this broadcast many so times. Many, so many. So many. And, you know, you, you can have one rough day and totally forget, boom, what God has done. You're like, oh my gosh, well, God answered this prayer here, that prayer yeah. there. You know, why wouldn't he do it again? Yeah. You know, but we forget. Yeah, or in my example, have one good day and think, look at all the great things I've done and forget God. Yeah. You know? Oh, that's a good point. So, yeah. yeah I've done that too. Yeah, look what I've done. No, look what God has done. Right. You know, because if you believe he's sovereign, which he is, it's all by his hand, by his grace, by his mercy. You know, really, if you want to break it down, when you eat dinner tonight, it's because God allowed it. Right. <laughs> you know, right? I mean, totally. you might not even be on the earth yeah. if, unless God allowed it, but... Your food that comes before you today is because of God's goodness. Absolutely. You know? Yeah. And there are people in the world right now that they got to fight for food. Yeah. And, and we take it for granted in America. And they're dependent on God to provide that next Right, meal. and they depend for God, and, they, and they're praying. And when they get that meal, what they do is they praise and thank and praise you, Lord, for providing this meal, you know, and... Yeah, when I was in Haiti, actually, I heard uh, a story of a pastor carried like this 10-pound bag of rice up this hill during when they were going through, um, like Haiti went through some really, really rough time. I mean, they're always, they're known as the one of the world's poorest countries, but they've gone through, you know, so many different things that have gotten them there. Wow. So during one of those times, like, you know, there's just famine, like across the whole country. And um, there was a pastor there that got delivered a bag of rice from a mission organization, and but there was no way to get it up the hill to this village. So he literally, he hadn't eaten himself. He was, he was oh, like man. on the, you know, border of starvation. And, uh, but he knew that he had this community of believers that he'd been ministering to for years that needed the food. So he's like, you know, basically dying himself of starvation, but instead of him eating, he carried this bag of rice up the hill to feed this this little village. Wow. And like that was, you know, they were so good. Could you imagine so thankful. how thankful you would be if you're like on the edge Starving. of starvation this and somebody shows up a bag, yeah, of bag of rice up a hill, you know, like basically not a hill, like a mountain. A struggle. I was, I went on the mountain and we were up to on top of the mountain. They were telling us some of those stories and I was like, oh my, like we drove a truck. I sat in the back of a truck to get up this mountain and it was brutal, you know? And then I'm thinking like, man, I literally in my mind, I'm complaining, you know, my butt hurts from sitting in the back of this truck going up this mountain. This guy literally drugged this bag of rice up here so wow. that he could feed his sheep, you know? And like... That's that's a great story. And it just, you know, right, 
nails it because how thankful would you be you know what a reminder yeah and there's things that happen in our lives for a reason which is what we're talking about david said it's good that i've been afflicted meaning you know if i lord if if i didn't go through this affliction this trial this trouble this storm i wouldn't even have a clue who you were or i wouldn't have discovered that you're powerful i wouldn't discover that you can provide you know a bag of rice yeah i wouldn't you know so like Sometimes things happen, adversity. David said in the Bible, it's good. It's a heart check. Yeah, that yeah. I've been afflicted. Not to keep using that term, but I always get to those points in my life where I like um I have a you know, like trending trending upward, you know, where right. I'm like, yeah, okay, things are going really good right now. And I'm almost like, wait a minute, I gotta stop and remind myself, all right, things are really good right now. Where does that good come from? And then I stop and I'm like, God, please don't bring me adversity. Like, please help me to recognize that the good things come from you and to thank you for them because I don't want adversity. (laughs) I don't want adversity. It's almost like Thanksgiving is uh, adversity repellent. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. So that's always my prayer for my life because I look at at what's happened in my life, the things that have, have almost like... Like I have no other option than to run back to God. You know, right. like you're left without any other options. That's right. And then, you know, you look at stories like David with his adversity and how it drew him closer back to God. And I'm like, I don't want that. So right. just keep me, you know, just don't let me ever get to that point, God. Right. You know, and I've been lucky too. Like I've had some people, you know, at key moments in my life before things have could have gone off the rails, kind of like, hey man, like things are going real good for you. Like just make sure you're, you know, you're aware of where that's coming from. Right. You know, and don't get, you know, stay humble. Yeah. Don't get too crazy here. Like so, last night, you know, as a small example. And yeah, don't get too crazy. Don't get, you know, stay focused on that came from God. Yep. Yeah. So last night, uh, dinner on the table, and I hear my wife tell my two daughters, she goes, I'm sure you girls thank God for that food already. You know what I mean? Not knowing if they did, if they didn't. You know, right. they're getting older. They should be at the point now where they're thankful to the Lord you know, for the meal. Right, they shouldn't have to depend on you guys to yeah, always... Yeah, to stop and say, let's pray for our food. Yeah. Or thank God for our food, ask Him to bless it, which I, you know, like, I really think is like, a, like, we're always looking for this real deep thing to do in Christianity. Man, one of the most powerful things you can do is thank God. Yeah. And thank God for your meal. You go to Wawa and you get a bagel with cream cheese on it, you get in a habit of thanking God, it really puts a smile, one, on the Lord's face, but it just keeps you in that, Sweet spot. Well, think too, like how many people just go to Wawa, the ba- the bagel shows up, you know, or any like deli type place. I'm sure we got people listening to us that don't know what Wawa is. I was is. just going to say It's that. a deli type place. So, but how many people go to their, you know, their local deli and get a bagel made? The bagel shows up on the counter. They already paid for it. So they just take it and walk. You know, what's it going to do to that person who made that bagel when you sincerely look at them and say, hey, thanks for making this bagel for me today. Right. You know, like yeah. how far that goes for them. Like, so to think about it on that higher level, like if you just stop and just give God a quick thank hey, you, thank you, you know. He appreciates it. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I know I appreciate it. Like, especially, you know, you do something where you work your tail off for somebody, like without any thanks, it's like, well, well glad I did all that, right. you know, like it's in the brutal. back of your mind. Yeah. yeah. But then just sometimes just to hear that, thank you. It's like, well, what did, what did, remember when Jesus healed 10 lepers? Mm-hmm. What happened? One came back and thanked them. What did Jesus say? He said, where's the other nine? Yeah. You know, so Thanksgiving is big, but, but back to our point too, and everything happens for a reason, you know, with God too, things aren't automatic, you know, 
If you are a person who walks close with the Lord, do you think it was automatic? Do you think God has just chosen you, TJ, to be close to him? What's the scripture say? Scripture says, draw near to God and he will draw near to you. There's a reason you're close to the Lord, right? Wow, well, that guy got a strong walk in the Lord or that woman has a strong walk in the Lord. Well, guess what? If they didn't walk through Disney and pixie dust it and just fall on them, right? <laughs> yeah. We've heard that expression before. Right. And uh, it just, uh, what I'm trying to point out to our listeners right now is there's a reason for everything. There's a reason that you would be close to God, and there's a reason that you wouldn't be close to God. Right. And so the reason that you're close to the Lord is because you try to seek Him, you depend on Him, you thank Him, and you draw near to Him. And the scripture says, the promise says, if you draw near to God, he God will, will in turn near draw near yeah. to you. So there's a reason uh, that that happens. And and so the same with, you know, we mentioned it already, the same with forgiveness. God's, I think God's love is automatic. You know, right. when, you, when you make your debut, you know, you come out of your mother's womb and you are born, God's love for you is automatic, even before you were even thought of. Yeah. You know, it's unconditional. It's not based on condition. It's automatic. But it's forgiveness. You know, it's free. You can't earn it. We don't want to bring any confusion to that. However, there are a few things you got to do. One is you got to ask to be forgiven. Right? Dude, yeah. That's scripture. That separation, I think, is huge because so many people can lump them in together. And I think about when I became a father, too. Like, even and right now, like, as my kids are growing up, like, we're trying to teach them you know, how to ask for forgiveness, because that's part of, that's part of repentance, which we're going to talk about. Right. Right. But right now, like if my kids do something wrong, we're trying to teach them that, all right, if you do something wrong, you get, first of all, you get a spank. Right. You know, Cause there's a consequence. Sin hurts. Yeah. There's a consequence. And then when, what else sin does is it separates you from the father, which we're going to talk about. Sorry, I'm jumping ahead, Chris. That's okay. You, no, it's all can good. Can you forgive me? <laughs> I forgive you. So, yeah. So that so we separate them, right? They get separated from the family. They sit in timeout too. And then to come back to the family, they have to ask for forgiveness. That's awesome. They're right? teaching them at that young early age. It's it's huge, man. And that was I got some really good advice. And they're just getting to the point where they're starting to learn that they need to ask for forgiveness. They need to say sorry. Yeah. So and we we tell them, you know, they're young, so I have to say, All right, Theo, can you tell tell daddy sorry? You know, and he tells us sorry. Um, he was being so stubborn the other day and he would not tell me sorry. Hmm. He sat by himself, I kid you not, for like 25 minutes and he would calm down and then I would go to walk to him and I would say, all right, do you want to tell me you're sorry? And you can get up and go play with your sisters. And then every time I asked him if he wanted to say sorry, he just started crying again. Oh, wow. But he would calm down and like five minutes would go by, he'd calm down. It was like a cycle. Right. And then eventually I was just like, dude, you got to say sorry. Like... Yeah, you gotta say sorry. You're not getting up. You'll you'll sit here till bedtime. It was right. like right around bedtime. So I I thought he was gonna sit there till bedtime, but wow. he made it anyway. So the point is, is that you know it's it's not automatic. You know you gotta you gotta ask you gotta ask for ask. forgiveness. And as a father, you know, like looking at my kids, like my love for him didn't change in those moments. Right. You know, because he was he was bad. He needed to be separated. He right, sinned, you loved him. I still loved him the yeah. same as when I met. That's like, a great analogy. As soon as I met him, dude, I loved that kid. Right, like I, it's just it's weird the feeling because I, it's a feeling I never knew I could have. And you think about, man, that's how God feels about me. Mm. But that doesn't change the fact that sin separates us from right. God. That's exactly right. Yeah, Psalm sixty six eighteen says, "If I harbor sin in my heart, if 
I cherish it, if I long for it, if I'm acting on it, God will not hear me. Now, it doesn't say that God will not love me. He says he won't hear me. It kind of like he'll suspend my communication license, my prayer license. You'd have a driver's license that can get suspended for doing certain things, right? Right. All 50 states have that. You know, you can get your driver's license suspended. Um, But with God, sin separates us from his goodness, from him. But it doesn't separate us from his love. You know, he's a father. Yeah. He loves us. And he's always, you know, lovingly correcting us, you know, never out of harshness or anything like he's the perfect father but to be forgiven for god especially your your initial forgiveness if you don't know who jesus christ is why he came to earth and how to truly be forgiven by god and all the things that it that comes with it you know eternal life and and so on and so forth you have to ask god to be forgiven you know i didn't even know who god was until i finally you know, got on my knees and asked God for the first time to forgive me through Jesus Christ. Right. You know what I mean? And I, I hate to be redundant, but there's a reason you have to go through Jesus Christ. Because a lot of people say, well, you got to become a Christian. Well, why do I got to be? Why, why can't I just say, God, G-O-D, forgive me? You know, why do I have to go through the means and the mechanism of Jesus Christ? Who is Jesus Christ? And and why do I have to be forgiven you know, through him. And so that's where I think there's a reason for Jesus Christ. There's a reason, you know, God sent his son. Everything is for a reason. And, uh, you know, the reason is because Jesus Christ is the son of God. There was a problem, right? And God said, they're all, everybody on the earth is, is sin. It started with Adam and Eve. They sinned first. They were the first two that God created. But the Bible says this, that Adam and Eve, as a result of their sin, were separated from God, right? God walked back and said, Adam, where are you? You know, And they had to be removed from the garden. But here's what a lot of people don't know, TJ, is that Adam and Eve started to have children. Those children started to have children. And then the earth became populated. And the Bible says that because of Adam's sin, sin entered into the world right. for the first time. Yeah, And it was passed on. So now, all, all these years later... When you have a baby in a hospital, everybody is born with this sinful nature. Which is crazy because, again, being somewhat of a new father and you're like, oh, my gosh, like, I'm not teaching these kids to sin. And they just like, like they just do these bad things on their own. Right. It's kind of like it hits home, man, like how sinful we truly are and how it's just in us. Yeah. Like it's just innate in us when we're born. And, and, and most people will say, well, I haven't murdered anybody. I haven't. Rob the bank, you know. That was always my thing. Right. It's like, I'm ge- generally a good person. Me too. So what that do was I my need? thing. Yeah. Yeah. Until I studied the scriptures, or actually until somebody pointed it out to me, sin is sin. You've broken God's commandments. Have you ever lied, Chris? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Well, there you go. You've broken one of his commandments. You know, we'll, we'll just stop at that one, right? So what I didn't realize was for me to be forgiven, the Bible says in Romans 6.23 that... The wages of sin, the payment required for me to be forgiven, is death. Mm. So back in ancient times with Israel, God would allow a pure animal sacrifice to temporarily cover the sin of the nation of Israel. But there always had to be shedding of blood through death, right? That was God's requirement. 
it hasn't changed, right? But now God says, I will allow my son who came to this earth, born of a virgin for a reason. We just spoke of the reason. Maybe folks didn't catch it, but the reason Jesus Christ had to be born of a virgin is so he didn't inherit that sinful nature that was passed on to you and I through Adam and Eve. So so here it is. Jesus is born of a virgin, and later he grows up to be about 30 years old, and there's a season where he had to go out into a desert for 40 days and allow God allowed Satan to tempt his own son in an effort to get him to sin. So Satan went to a desert, visited Jesus Christ, who was fasting, no food, for 40 days, tried to get Jesus Christ to sin like he got Adam to sin. Now, if he would have got Jesus Christ to sin, our hope of forgiveness would have been lost because not only does the death is required for us to be forgiven, but it has to be sinless, something that has never sinned. There's only one person that walked this earth and never sinned under temptation. It's not like he wasn't tempted. It's not like he got a free pass. Oh, that's my son. That's God's son. Don't tempt him. That's my son. No, Satan went after Jesus with everything he had, right? Jesus remained sinless. Then he went on to the cross to be crucified, nailed to a cross as a sinless sacrifice, a sinless death. He actually, the Bible says, took on our sin on him so that when anyone puts their faith in Jesus Christ, God looks at that person as if they've never sinned, which to me is a miracle. When I receive Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of sins into my life, God looks upon me from that moment forward as if I've never sinned. There's a commercial that always plays uh, like it never happened. You know, on TV, right. a company that comes and restores, you know, Was like that Surf Pro. Yeah, like it'll do like <laughs> water damage and all that. This episode brought to you by Surf Pro. Right, yeah. Surf Pro. <laughs> and uh, like it never happened. Right. So some people struggle with that because they're like, well, how can God do that? How can he just let so and so off the hook? Well, there's this thing called repentance. What is repentance? Repentance is when you are sorrowful for what you've done, you make a U-turn with your heart. When somebody's driving a car and they decide to make a U-turn, what happens? They go in direct opposite direction of the direction they were just right. going. It's a complete 180. Is it a 180? Yeah, it's yeah, 180. It's a 180. Yeah. So you do that with your heart. I remember when I first gave my life to Jesus Christ, after it was all explained to me through a friend, why Jesus came, why I need to receive Jesus Christ. There's a reason Jesus was born of a virgin. There's a reason God sent Jesus Christ to the earth to correct the sin problem. There's a reason you need to accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. Why? Because death is required for sin. That's the reason I have to, to acknowledge and accept and believe in a sinless sacrifice who happens to be named Jesus Christ, right? right. That's why you got to go through Christ to be forgiven, because you've already sinned. You were born with a sinful nature. The Bible says you're living in condemnation. It's like you're on a conveyor belt, you know, with boxes on it, maybe loading a UPS truck. You're on a conveyor belt, and at the end of that conveyor belt is condemnation. Death is at the end, unless something intervenes. What's that intervention? Jesus Christ. You ask Jesus Christ to be forgiven and to come into your life, and the Bible says you are washed clean, pure as the undriven snow, which to me, TJ, blows my mind. 
Yeah, definitely. So here's the question. So what happens when you sin again? So after you after you make that first decision for Christ, right? Right, and you and you repent of your sins, you make that U-turn. Like like you just said in the beginning of the, of the broadcast, we are sinful. Right. We're all going to sin again. So what happens like this is the I, I feel like I've heard this question asked so many times. Let's say, you know, I, I I'm a Christian, I'm a believer and I woke up in the morning and I, you know, I I repented of what I did yesterday. You know, and I ask for forgiveness, and I'm God. I'm I'm not going to do that anymore. And I, my heart is truly changed. I made my U-turn. Well, then, you know, five minutes later, I'm walking out the door. I fight with my wife, and I scream at her something I shouldn't. And you know, and I, that's I sin. And then I go out the door, get in a car accident, and die. Right. That's a great question. <laughs> so well, I would say this. Yeah. I would say if you receive Jesus Christ as your Lord and your Savior, just like we described, you have to do that. For eternal life. Right. Right? The Bible says that. We know that. I didn't get my first answer to prayer until after I've done that, even though I was religious before that. Jesus is the key that unlocks heaven for your soul, right? You have to receive Jesus Christ, your Lord and Savior. And if you're listening to us, you've never received Jesus Christ, your Lord and Savior, you're on a conveyor belt, and the clock is ticking. You need to ask for forgiveness of sin and, and and just say, Lord Jesus, you know what? I finally believe that you died for my sins. You're the only way to heaven, John 14, 6. I'm the way, the truth, and the life. No man gets to the Father but by me. And you just stop your car, you pull over, you take a moment right now, and you say, Lord, I believe what TJ and Chris are saying about your son, Jesus Christ. I never knew he was tempted. I never knew... He was the sinless sacrifice. Forgive me of everything I've ever done. Come into my life and help me to follow you for the rest of my days, right? So that's your initial, that's kind of what happened to me and you, right? So we received Jesus Christ. Now you sin again, you don't repent, you get into your car and you get into an accident and you die. What happens to that person? Great question. I would say from what I know of the scriptures, is that positionally, when you receive Jesus Christ, your position is as, as, is as if you are already in heaven, right? Okay. Uh, and, and I know there's scripture that backs that up. You are a child of the Most High God because of what Jesus Christ did for you. You are a child of God. The Bible says, John 3, 3, born again. You have the Holy Spirit inside of you. You're going to go to heaven. Here's why. Because your position, Jesus said, none that the Father has given me can be plucked out of my hand, right? Eternal security. However. Here it comes. All right. I was going to say, I got part two if you don't, if you don't give me a however. The however <laughs> part is, remember we talked about suspending your driver's license? Yeah. And you know, you're not having any power to communicate with God because you were cherishing sin in your heart. You haven't repented. Psalm 66, 18 um, says, uh, if I cherish sin in my heart, the Lord will not hear. I think if you didn't die and you continued throughout your day and you needed something from God that day, you got stuck, you got a flat, you're in the middle of nowhere, and you're like, Lord, please send somebody to come you know, fix my tire. Your prayer life is hindered. Your prayer life can be hindered. First Peter 3, 8, talking about men not treating their wives right. The Bible says, don't do this or do this so that your prayers may not be hindered, right? Wow, God, you hindered my prayer? I thought you loved me, you know? He does love you, and that's why he hinders your prayer, because he wants to bring you back to a right relationship 
with him. So my answer to say all that is I think you're going to go to heaven. Okay, good. Right? <laughs> but you may have been taken home early. Yeah. Because the Bible says, and I'm not saying you would or you wouldn't based on being in an argument with your wife, but I've seen people go deep into sin who know God. Habitual sin won't come out of it. Addiction. And I know of one girl, TJ, that got in a fatal motor vehicle accident, and, and she went home to be with the Lord. And she was young, but she was caught up in addiction. She was caught up in all these things. So you think like God pulled her out of you know the world I, to I save mean, her, basically? I, yeah, I don't know the mind of God, you right. know what I mean, or the heart of God, but you know, I dealt with evidence in my career, and I'm just thinking... There's enough evidence. She wouldn't. Yeah. She didn't repent. She wouldn't repent. She walked away from the Lord. I'm not saying God does that with everybody. Every circumstance is different, but it sure looked like it to me. Wow. You know, but... So, because... And I get that from where the Scripture says, God only disciplines those He loves. Right. Right? You don't discipline your neighbor's kids. Yeah. Right? Or you would get arrested. <laughs> You know? Yeah. You know Plus what I mean? They, yeah, they don't, I mean, for lack of a better term, like you said, only disciplines people he loves. Like, I don't love those kids. You know, they're not, right. I got no connection to them. Right. It so says a lot about discipline is yeah. very important in a person's life. We're not just talking about physical discipline. You're talking about me taking the keys away from my daughter who drives, you know what I mean, for a reason. Right. This broadcast is for a reason. But, uh, so getting back to your question, will that person, I would say uh, that they're, Saved, you know, as the scripture says. Yeah. What does that mean? They're saved from eternal condemnation because right. of Jesus' sacrifice on the cross. They received him at one point in their lives. Uh, however, if they were to continue and, and, and drive away and didn't die in an accident, I think their life would be a struggle until they repented. Because God only disciplines those He loves. So if somebody's listening to us right, right now, and who, sin, sin comes with consequences. Right, sin yeah. comes with consequences. If you if you've given your life to the Lord, and you're right now living in rebellion towards the Lord, I would say, without knowing you or meeting you, whoever you are listening to the other end of this broadcast, your life is probably not where you expected it to be. Right, and it could be because you're living in opposition. There's actually a guy in the Bible. His name was Jonah. He went in the opposite direction of God. Right? And God disciplined him. What happened to him? He got swallowed by a whale. I don't want to get swallowed by a whale, you know? That's but what, it, that's but what it I'm happens. saying. Yeah. And, and, yeah. and I'm not saying a physical whale is going to swallow yeah, me, but there yeah. are whales that come into our lives. That's what I'm saying. As a result yep. of not listening, not doing, not taking the time, not saying sorry. Yeah. God, I shouldn't have argued with my wife. And what happens, TJ, when you do say, I'm sorry, Lord, forgive me? Well, In that you, moment. Yeah. Are it, you forgiven? It, yeah, 100% yes. automatically. Instantly, 100% yeah. full forgiveness. And the devil would say, you're not No, forgiven. you didn't do enough to be forgiven. Right. Yeah, just you're saying lousy. sorry you're doesn't lousy. work. Yeah. Yeah, so exactly. I want to make that clear. But does that answer your question? Yeah, completely. Um, I, I think that's always what, you know, as a new believer, you know, years ago, that's what always rattled in the back of my head because it's like, I know I'm going to do my best not to sin, but I know I'm going to sin. Right. You know, so, yeah. all right, well, then do I have to ask for forgiveness every time? But if I already asked for forgiveness the first time, this is just like questions that sure. roll around in the back of my head. Great questions. Like, okay, well, if I ask for forgiveness when I first got saved, then every time I have a little sin, do I need to repent? So for me in my life, basically, like, I just make it a thing that every day I just ask for forgiveness. Yeah, a you lot know? of folks do. I uh, do yeah. that too. Yeah, it's like getting an oil change for your car. Exactly. David did. 
Search, yeah. search my heart and know right. me. See yeah. if there be any wicked way in me exactly. and lead me in the path of righteousness. Right. Jesus said, hey, guys, you want to learn how to pray? Because they came to him, teach us how to pray. Yeah, I'll teach you. And so one of the parts in his prayer that he taught him was that he said, pray this, Lord, lead me out of temptation. temptation. Yeah. I don't know too many folks that pray that. Yeah. Me included. Yeah. You know, definitely. did I pray that this morning? Mm-mm. I should have. I yeah. mean, you both got up early to do this broadcast. Oh, you're hitting me right now. Uh, <laughs> right? I mean, I prayed this morning about some things, but wow, how powerful would it be? How less tempted would I be if I prayed every day, just like Jesus prescribed? Pray this, guys. Lord, lead me out of temptation. Yeah. You know, I think we'd have so a lot good. less trouble in our lives if we would pray that. So I know we got to go, and uh, I pray that this broadcast has blessed somebody out there if you're listening. And, uh, you know, hey, if you either know God and you're in rebellion, you're running, you're a Jonah right now, just stop. Just say, Lord, forgive me. Help me. Give me that strength to walk away from the sin. Lead me out of temptation as Jesus told us to pray. And if you don't know God, just stop and say, Lord, for the first time, I want to ask you to forgive me and to come into my life and help me to follow you. Help Jesus Christ to become my Lord and my Savior and to wash me clean. You could do that right now. It's simple. And then you will be forever a child of the Most High God. And listen, TJ and I want to let you know, we're easy to get a hold of. Absolutely. And that's the next step, right? The next step, if you just pray that prayer for the first time, it's discipleship. So we want to get you plugged in somewhere. So yeah, Chris is easy to get a hold of. Visit him, godtaughtme.com. You know, that's if you right. want to get a hold of me for some reason, <laughs> you get can get a hold of me God. through Chris. And that's right. Yeah. And God we'll get connected with you. Yeah. So we want to get you plugged into your local church, get you plugged into a good group and get that, you a Bible, get you a Bible and, and you can be discipled and you can start that journey with God. That's right. So God bless you guys. Thanks for listening. And we'll see you next week. For more information on anything that Chris is doing, visit godtaughtme.com. And be sure to subscribe to our podcast on Apple Podcasts and Google Play.